Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. My name is Chet Czar, and I have another episode for you today. Another fantastic interview. This week, we have Exulo, Nick Sulo, and his wife are an art team, and uh, he's another new friend I've met in the NFT space. So I mentioned in the interview, I'm, a, I'm very self-conscious that I keep talking about NFTs and I'm hopefully not pissing people off that maybe aren't into NFTs, but I keep seeing so much cool art there and so many great artists doing digital work that uh, it just feels natural for me. And I've always approached this podcast in a natural way and sort of um, uh, done what I've felt would be a good episode, every episode, you know, not, not trying to do episodes for ulterior motives or anything. It's, it's always organic. I try and keep it organic. And um, lately I've been looking at a lot of uh, digital and NFT artists that are inspiring me. So Exulo is great. Uh, you'll love their work, I'm sure really cool stuff and uh so the interview went really well super cool dude and um yeah so that's coming up i myself have been getting books out basically that's about it getting books out doing a little bit of painting here trying to catch up on some things as you know nothing's really changed i'm still working my main focus is getting the dystopia books out um I put them on my website. I put a hundred on my website to, at a discounted rate. I'm not making like a huge announcement, although I guess I kind of am right now, but this isn't, this is, I guess what you'd call a soft release. They, they call it in the industry of releasing things. <laughs> um, but I, I needed help because the shipping is killing me because it's, um, you know, the, the U S shipping isn't so bad because it's media mail and media mails only gone up like $2 since I did the Kickstarter, but overseas shipping has gone up double in some cases. So, uh, I thought oh, I'll put some, some books for pre-sale. Uh, I promised my Kickstarter backers that they won't ship until, until they get their books. So once Kickstarter backers get their books, and everyone's taken care of there, I will start shipping the pre-orders out. Uh, so anyway, that money is is being used to help cover the shipping overages. And uh, I think we sold like 60 out of 100. I only put 100 up. It's at a like, slightly discounted rate. Um, and then uh, once that's taken care of, the Kickstarter people are taken care of, I'll do a proper release and really promote it and, and really push it on all the social media and stuff do some do a do a, a podcast episode with mike and we'll talk all about writing the book and everything so but we're we're not quite there yet i'm probably coming up on 200 books shipped maybe after tomorrow hopefully maybe not quite that much anyway that's been taking up all of my attention um uh been getting a little bit back into digital art as well. Another aspect to this NFT business. 
It's like a, a, I've got a reason to animate again, which is really cool and fun. Sorry, coffee. I'm having trouble waking up today. Um, but yeah, I've sort of been doing that on, you know, during my breaks when I'm giving myself a little rest, I'll go and play um, in my, in a 3d program or after effects. And I forgot how much I liked it, you know, cause I forgot how into it. I was <clears throat> 20 years ago when I was doing those tool animations and doing my disturb, disturb the normal DVD. That was it. That was before I started painting or anything. I was so into it for, I think five years. No, it was longer than that. No, no, it was probably 97, probably seven or eight years. I don't know, but I was way into digital for, you know, probably almost 10 years now that I think about it. And uh, I just wasn't able to make any money at it. And I didn't want to go into a visual effects job, you know, doing another kind of service job. Uh, so I had to drop it and then I started painting and, um, it's kind of fun to be able to get back to that and, and, you know, remember why I fell in love with it. So much fun animating things. So yeah, but, uh, you know, usual, I got a bunch of paintings, a lot of commissions I got to get done. Um, book, getting the books out. That's pretty much it. Right now, I'm just in the middle of the slog of sketching and signing books. So that's what's going on with me. Let's get on with the interview. Let's get on with the new Patreon subscribers. And if you want to join, uh, you for a dollar a month, you get in the Facebook group and the Discord. And the Discord's starting to turn into something. It's pretty cool. But that's at uh, patreon.com slash Society. And you can join for a dollar a month, support the podcast and all of that. Okay. And you'll get your name read on the air, on the air. It's not really on the air anymore, is it? Those are from the radio days and the TV days. Okay. I hate the way Zoom makes my computer run so slow. It's like Zoom is great, but it is, it makes my computer really laggy. Everything takes like. 10 seconds to like, if I have to move a screen, uh, a window. Okay. New subscribers this week, Anna. Thank you, Anna. Scott Cranack. Thank you, Scott. And Hodewick. Thank you, Hodewick. Appreciate it. You're making it happen. You're keeping the Dark Art Society podcast alive. And I am grateful. All right. That's it. So let's get on with um, my interview with Exulo or Nick Sulo of Exulo. Hello, Nick. Hello, Chet. As as Happy if I be. didn't as if I didn't just say hi to you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're the 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 conversation was already too good, so I'm like, we got to start this thing. 
Yeah, can't leave anything. Don't out. don't want to waste it. Don't want to waste it on just regular talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Good laughs> Got to capture sure. it. Got to capture. Yeah. it. people want to hear this stuff. Yeah, people are interested. I think. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of your work. Yeah, you're Shit. you're one of my new NFT friends. <laughs> I hope people don't get pissed off because I because I I keep talking about NFTs and I know I don't know that everybody's into it, but I got to be. I got to be real with this podcast the way I've always been. And it's like, I'm into it right now, you know, and I, I just, it's, it's exciting to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I see some of the best artists doing stuff in NFTs right now. It's like a whole other world. I had no idea existed. So I want to start having, you know, such as yourself, I want to start having these people on the podcast. Cause it's just, I see all the energy there and all this amazing artwork. Um, so yeah, thanks for coming on your stuff's amazing. I love it. I appreciate it. No, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, the NFT space is like right now, it's like, it feels so speculative. And I know there's always been two sides of the space with like collectibles, with, um, you know, the punks and then crypto art. And yeah, like, because I joined the space late. 2020 like november mm-hmm. and there was like a big creative energy and i feel like people felt like a real reason besides client work to kind of pick up their you know right tablet and or paintbrush and get creative and really kind of like push themselves like in a personal direction yeah because it felt like you're everyone talks about it where it's like the wild west you're like at this cutting edge stage mm-hmm people always kind of reference NFTs to like the internet boom and, or like you're, you're at this kind of like, like changing point and people throw around the word renaissance, like digital renaissance or just another art renaissance. And I think for, you know, you came from the special effects industry. I come from the visual effects industry and it's, it's always been known to kind of build your career through like client work. And then, eventually like i've noticed yeah over the years that gets to the point where like burnout and not having any like kind of creative say as an artist like working with a client that you feel like you're being like muted and you don't have like a voice and that's what's about being like an artist is being kind of like speak up and say something and once you do you know and especially with social media people will resonate with it and people will connect with it and I think there's like, you, I was always very surprised, you know, coming from the VFX industry and then shifting over to the Exulo artwork that I didn't know if I was going to get any more work out of that. But honestly, like it shifted my career in such a better place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like the, um, for you, it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, it took you what, what, like two years ago you got in about or you're, I- you're over. 2020 20 no year and a half or something or yeah with the nft space was 20 yeah. like late 2020s okay so like whatever that is a year and a half so you it, it was it's like it was like me leaving effects and getting into <laughs> fine art but that took me seven years while i had the day job and then now it, it, you know and then another 15 years to get where i am today and and you you've gotten to the spot in nfts in like a year and a half which is well, amazing because everything moves so fast you know it's like exactly because it, it's like the it's like the art world it's just like a new version of sort of the fine art world it's a new way to display fine art and sell fine art and stuff 
Well, actually, to like kind of rewind, I got into doing visual effects professionally in like the 2010s, working with James Wan on like Insidious. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. That was like my first, I was like still in like art school in like San Francisco. (laughs) Really? So I like get done with my class and then like walk down like five blocks in downtown SF and go and work for a VFX company. That sounds Um, amazing. Yeah. And people were like, yeah, not even graduating and jumping right into it. So people were really happy. Well, was, I, that movie, I that movie, I like that movie, I think. Yeah. I can't, I'm getting get confused with all these movies that came out around that time. Is that the yeah. one where they where they go into the astral plane at that one yeah. point? Yeah, yeah, that's a cool movie. Yeah, and it was uh, James Wan that like saw. Yeah, yeah. I think he just did like the first one and then he produced the following ones after it. And um like what a great movie to work on your for your first film yeah like all i knew is yeah james wan's connected it with it and um i forget the main actor he was in um watchmen it's one of like the main characters patrick wilson oh yeah 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 he was like big at the time with like watchmen right right right, this is sick (laughs) so it's it's fun like yeah 2010 was like kind of my first starting point in you know, working professionally as a VFX artist. Mm. And then um, because everything was so digital, I went more remote based full time, uh, working from home doing map painting uh, in like 2014. And that actually led me to kind of get back into like, because I come from the fine art background. And, and then I started experimenting, started drawing more it working remotely remotely like allowed me enough time to kind of work creatively on things that I kind of neglected for so long mm-hmm. and then um yeah 2015 my wife and I formed Exulo and just playing around building up like social media on Instagram and uh just finding tuning the craft oh, and oh yeah. so you weren't you didn't start right off in NFTs you were doing yeah, like correct. Fi- oh that's cool so how were yeah. you Cause I, that was it, was it still all digital work or was it like, uh, mixed? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I did a bit of, uh, mostly like acrylic on canvas, like in oh, 2015. I didn't know and that. Yeah. Like, cause everything I do, it is like based in 3d mm-hmm. and then I like illustrate on top of it, animate on top of it. So it's like a mix of 3d and 2d. Mm-hmm. And what I used to do is take some of these the artworks I love the most and I project it onto a canvas and then I start drawing and painting oh, on top okay. of it. That's cool. Yeah. So it's like this mixed media in the early 2015s of like making X Sulo. Oh, okay. Then, okay. So you were building that for five yeah. years, that that fine art career while you're working in effect still? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay. It was like maybe like I knew I'd seen your stuff before. When I got mm-hmm. on Twitter, I was like, I immediately you were one of the first people I followed because oh, nice. and that yeah and uh and i and i just thought the work was so awesome but i know i've seen it before i know i know i'd seen it kind of like in the traditional art world before yeah i think i mean obviously following your work um god i first started following your work i was introduced to your work by honestly like tool music videos and mm-hmm. i it all starts way back i was like a little kid i saw stink fist and it like scared the shit out of me i loved it (laughs) you know it made me think of like puppet master and i I loved these characters but i also was like 
freaked out by him. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Aphex Twin and like Come to Daddy, like yeah. all those late 90s videos. Yeah, those and, were great. That was a great time for music videos. Yeah, and like seeing the stop motion and the visuals mixed with the music, it like it, it had a huge like inspiration. I was introduced to um fuck dude, like the guy that did aliens. I always forget his name. Eager? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Geiger. Um huge, hugely inspired by Geiger and um some of the most well-known like surreal artists back in the day yeah i always i always draw a blank but yeah i was really started getting inspired by geiger because i grew up on like on alien saw a lot of the tool music videos and like for me like that was like this connection of like visual art and mm-hmm. music and i just love that and i think i popped open one of the cd cases and i maybe your name popped up in there that you worked or, or contributed to it so i was like i go on dial up internet and i look up your name and <laughs> and i was just like blown away like because it 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 i love that dark art element to it so cool. not to like fanboy it out but uh, i appreciate it <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a, no it's cool that you're uh uh you're 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 into the dark stuff yeah yeah because <laughs> because you you definitely i mean you i wouldn't say that you are you know a dark artist necessarily although you do you you are uh you kind of play in that realm quite a bit but it's like you mix it you know it's like it's like mixed with a sort of like cyberpunk sci-fi visionary art you know but it's really unique and uh really a really great style that i just like responded responded to right away i love the everything about it the colors composition everything's really beautiful and um but but you you can tell there's that element of that there's that darkness in you <laughs> you, can, yeah. you can see it in there I, I, you know <laughs> a lot of skulls you know underneath the skin and stuff like that you know so it's there so yeah I appreciate that. yeah for sure i i love it i love hearing that it means a lot um yeah there is that element of darkness that like late 90s i was starting in into like the more the dark arts mm. But prior to that, I was really into Japanese anime and like mm. Japanese pop culture and especially like Ghost in the Shell and Akira. So mm-hmm. I think some of that cyberpunk element and like kind of colorful pop culture of Japan yeah. got injected in into me some way. And like, I think that's kind of what Sulo is a reflection of like those two worlds kind of converging of like, right. The, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think that's cool. I think it's cool that, um, you know, because with this, the podcast is all about the idea was kind of like spread the good word, good news of dark art in a way, you know, like let yeah. people know about it. But um, but that's part of, I think, having dark art becoming more accepted is that, you know, people don't necessarily have to be all in on it to be influenced by it. You know, you can still be influenced by it because every artist should be doing their own thing anyway and not trying to fit in a box necessarily. So, um, so I love that. I love to hear that, that, that dark art is, is having an influence on artists like yourself that, that might not traditionally call themselves dark artists, you know? Yeah. I think there's just like a lot of truth and that dark art is like be able to kind of reflect on Mm -hmm. and reflect that kind of the dark part of like society. Yeah. I think there's just so much beauty and, I don't know. There's so much beauty within dark art and be able to kind of explore 
that element of light and dark and play with like lighting and color like mm-hmm. rich colors but also have like a dark message yeah I yeah right. like a really totally. fun yeah exposition that was my whole last show <laughs> was like that <laughs> was like super bright vibrant colors but a kind of a kind of pretty dark message uh, yeah. so so you were uh, i'm guessing you were the art kid in school when you were a little kid just to go back yeah. to your full your full story here full spectrum yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i was like because i come from like small town northern california and like our elementary school is like maybe like 200 to 400 students like grade first to eighth grade mm-hmm. and um small classes and i was lucky and fortunate enough to have a, a really great art teacher um her name went by debbie and like to this day i still talk to her oh how cool yeah she must be so proud of you (laughs) yeah like she 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 was also my like pe teacher so she taught me how to swim and how to do stretches (laughs) (laughs) and also how to paint so my hat goes off to her um and yeah like i was uh, one of those kids that like fell in love with it and she did this advanced placement art I remember like as a kid and we were able to do like this like extracurricular I was activity. in that I was in AP art yeah <laughs> in high school yeah oh yeah that's where it was at it was just <laughs> that was the, my know? favorite class exactly exactly that in recess when I was like a little kid <laughs> so 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 you uh what what kind of stuff were were you drawing at that as a kid? You know what were, what were your go to? Um, it was kind of like an exploratory like realm. I was really inspired by even what the other kids were drawing around me and like mm-hmm. the, some of the techniques that they were doing with pastels and shading with your fingers and yeah. playing with light and color. And um, sh- uh, my art teacher got us a lot into printmaking and carving into print blocks. Wow. What a yeah. great teacher. Yeah, she went and studied maybe she might have studied in Humboldt State. I forget what. But she's up there and um yeah, um well, that's why she was cool. She was a stoner probably. Yeah. Super <laughs> hippie. <chill. Yeah. laughs> a lot of them up there. A lot of them up there. <laughs> Love it. Just kidding. Um <laughs> so so uh yeah, remember how fun it was when you're a kid. Remember dis- mm-hmm. you know, like discovering shading for the first time or discovering all these simple things. Back then it was like, oh my God, I, I cracked the code or I, I figured out another thing about drawing. I feel Those like a like, fucking magician. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so much, so much fun. So yeah, mm-hmm. totally magic. It was like, oh my God, I can't believe I know this now. And like all of a sudden your your uh skill level just jumps up a bit. You know, it's like you're always hitting these little yeah leveling up and uh that's pretty that's cool you had kids to draw with too like friends and stuff oh yeah definitely and like that feeling of leveling up and just like having fun is like totally the the energy for for my experience getting into the nft space like in the early 2000 or the late 2000s early 2021 now Mm -hmm. that it was just like very speculative like people were really starting to talk about it and there was some a lot of interest in it and it's just like all right let's just like have fun and make fun art and like i was doing a lot of animations around about a year ago and just being playful Mm -hmm. feeling like kind of a a kid again just making art and not giving a shit what people think and making like social commentary about like crypto and 
just kind of like crypto art so yeah yeah it's it's um it's uh it's been a, a real um creative you know again the renaissance word i hate to use it i hate to use all yeah. the cliche words but it's like they are Buzz you know words. wild west it's true it's how it's like it's the best way to describe it but um it's felt like a real creative renaissance for me and it's like it's i've only been in since january so it's like mm -hmm. such sh a short amount of time but um like i had a the other night I sent you the animation. I don't know if you had a chance to look at it, but it's these yeah. skeletons, spir death spiral, these skeletons spiraling down. And um, I, I just did it because it was Sunday and I was giving myself a day off from all the other work I'm doing. And I was, I started it and I was just kind of do a mock-up just to, because I'm trying to figure out how to do it. Because I was thinking, oh, this is just a cool idea I had for an NFT Actually, it was a cool idea. I thought it would be great on a wall in a gallery to do life size, like yeah. these spiraling skeletons, but it's just not practical to do something like that. It's, you know, it'd be really expensive and stuff, whatever. But um, so anyway, I, I started doing it in the afternoon just for fun. And I ended up staying up until 3.30 in the morning because I was like, oh, it's all coming back to me. All of my After Effects skills and my Lightwave skills. I was like, I started remembering everything in my in my workflow because it's been twenty years, really, and um, and I haven't had a night like t I couldn't stop. I just could not stop. I was so enjoying myself creating this thing, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, it's like I can't even remember the last time I had a one of those nights where I couldn't stop because I was so into what I was doing. So it's this whole new renewed sense of creative creativity for me <clears throat> i feel like that's kind of made the artist's journey is just kind of revisiting this it, it, yeah it's just like where everything kind of comes together and you're inspired and motivated on and it, it surprises you right and, and it's such a like a fun experience because like yeah i was i was just wor uh, watching the death spiral uh that you sent me and it really brought me back to uh i remember i don't know it must have been like on one of your old sites when I was like in college going to art school and I saw one of your videos where it was like a 3d animated maybe one of your characters uh, yeah. and it kept going through its mouth yeah and, yeah or like a tongue <laughs> yeah and, yeah it's going it back has... and forth the endless tongue yeah, yeah. that was it that was yeah that, I used to have those on my website I forgot about that I had those animations on there that's so funny and I was just like fucking yeah this is this is totally Chet Zara is so trippy <laughs> like, I love it <laughs> And it, and it does like that kind of artwork to just be real, like does very well, uh, like, especially like one-on-one -on -one or just as an artist in the NFT space mm -hmm. is you probably notice it's like loopable artwork. Uh, people love it. And I was so into that. That was my yeah. thing 20 years ago. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's like, man, I just did it because it was so fun. I was so excited about it in like the mid nineties or 96 97 when this hacker dude introduced me to lightwave because he was a lightwave user and so mm -hmm. i learned lightwave and i was like oh my god i could make my own little movies and then i got into this idea of looping them yeah. and i wanted to put them in on screens i've said this told the story a million times so i apologize to the listeners but i wanted to put the animations on screens and show them in a museum that was my big you know crazy idea that was you know like wow that's so cool you'd have looping paintings on the wall but they're digital but i couldn't afford to do it and so i like oh i'll put it you know i, I did some for tool I, I and then i made a dvd of them and that was it 
that was like the most I could do with it. And it's like yeah. now, now it's the opportunity to actually, you know, realize that vision I had 20 years ago is is here. And it's like, oh my God, I thought I thought it was over. I didn't I thought I'd probably never be going back to digital because I just couldn't figure out a way to make it uh pay off because everything I do has to make money now because it's my, you know, this is my job now, you know. Yeah. And I, I think that kind of reflects with like where digital art was at that point in time. Um, I guess there was so much pushback with like the fine art industry. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't make a living. You couldn't make a yeah. living at it. Not and, and it was in just galleries or anything. Exactly. Yeah. I remember <laughs> even it seemed like that vibe of what you experienced in the early 2000s was even up until um, I, up until like 2019, I reached out to a pretty well-known like fine art surreal gallery in uh, LA. I forget what their name, but Morph I don't Morpheus Gallery. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they're like in Santa Monica. Ah, oh, man, I can't remember. It's uh. not, it like super cheap is great when it comes to that stuff, but just one of these art galleries. Yeah, sorry, I had to let the dog out. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it was one of these art galleries, and I was like, "Hey, I I would love to display my my work in your your studio, but it's it's only digital." And they're like, "Oh, we don't do digital." Yeah, and, that's. And then I reached out to them like after the NFT space, and I was like, "What about now?" <laughs> they're like, "Uh, yeah, like we're we're definitely looking into to doing like they have like a whole roster of some of the the fine artists that they had uh part of their family for for years, so mm -hmm. they want to." kind of go back to it but yeah i feel like hey, you're like fuck you <laughs> yeah i feel like they're, yeah, fuck that man <laughs> yeah, exactly no i've told the story a bunch of times um as well as that cam de leon you know you know cam de leon um he did Not all familiar. The, he was the he was the tool guy before me so oh, really? the tool artist yeah so he's like the og tool guy uh the he stop did those, motion stuff uh no he did like designs for all the for a lot of i think uh like the album covers with all the the eye with that eye where it's looked the pupil pupils the iris is up here and then it's down here like a like anima all, or onima yeah yeah all the all the all that stuff he, he was doing mid 90s um, yeah and he was just amazing and i remember going to him when we were both trying to get in galleries and 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 it was like now we don't do digital and he's like the most amazing one of the most amazing artists ever if you look him up you'll you'll see his stuff and you'll go oh yeah shit he's amazing but oh yeah, yeah. i'm gonna definitely check him out after this yeah yeah um yeah not familiar but obviously familiar with you you and then meets meyer yeah um, yeah meets... he's been coming up a lot lately too exactly. i don't know why he's not doing nfts <laughs> i actually reached out to him because we talk off and on because he was another after you know finding out about you i, I started finding out about meets and we started following each other and and started talking about the nft space and he's definitely yeah uh, like he wants to get involved uh, he's, he'll, he'll he'll kill it in there yeah he was doing like, all this stuff way before yeah he it's was one of the yeah he, one of the first um he's one of the first 3d guys i started following back when i was into it like you remember those animations he did did you ever see him where he put like an object in his in a in a in his yard and he'd be handheld camera and it's like you it was so good you couldn't tell how how he was doing it you know back yeah. then it was totally weird to see yeah yeah that must have been like i i definitely saw his stuff with um 
think he might have did stuff with Lateralis, like Lateralis, but Ten Thousand Days, he was definitely involved. Yeah, like, in the album art. Yep. And then, like a few years later, I started looking him up, and yeah, I remember him doing like these handheld like videos. Yeah, he would, but he was doing that stuff like I'm talking like 2000, I think in the early 2000s, he was doing these, and it, it was so, like it. it was so weird that people it was you know nowadays people do that all the time you know have just put these 3d objects in in a physical space and kind of like an ar type thing back then people didn't know what it was people thought it was real like i remember going what the hell is that a big <laughs> metal sculpture in his yard that he made yeah. how did he make that <laughs> yeah it's so wild even like i i think i first saw it in like 2010 and it even felt like i still have never seen anything like like this before it was so that, remember, cool watching yeah, remember they had the, the 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 coffee table with all those figures coming out that were all kind yeah. of reaching and stuff and he's like walking around i don't know and then like he had like this motorcycle like this really kind of like, yeah 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 that's right but yeah i remember like those figures so like creepy and like kind of visceral like it was so cool and he was and, just doing it for fun he was yeah. totally just doing it for art you know it was really cool because there's again there was no way to make any money off that really yeah yeah exactly like even yeah digital art there is no form of like you just kind of promote yourself hoping to kind of maybe get some clients for that whether it's like album art right. work or, or, or yeah like serve it's like a it's like a it's like it, it was yeah it was your your portfolio to get jobs to work for other people is what it ended up being and it's like not really what as fine artists what we want we're you know we're looking to do our own thing yeah and it wasn't very like lucrative at, yeah. like, at all like maybe you'll you'll get lucky and and hit a good client and that pays pretty well but a lot of like yeah uh musicians dming me for like low ball amounts of money and it's just right. like that's why i kind of always lean back on the visual effects and stuff where it was like most of it was like the client work with vfx industry and some of it was the Xulo stuff, but I just loved doing the Xulo stuff so much. Like my heart was so much into it. Yeah. Where I was like on, you know, my day hustle and then at night just like doing my my own thing, my own yeah. jam. Yeah. That was me. It, that was me for seven years in effects. Every night yeah. I'd go home and work on my own stuff. And then yeah. during the day, it's just like, oh <laughs> I would just yeah. once you get okay. a taste of it, it's so hard, man. Once you, you know, I remember when I would sell a painting or something, every time it'd be like so painful to go back into work the next day. It's like, oh, I see the potential to get out of this and I'll have crazy. to work a day job. And it was That's like ex exactly <laughs> how I felt last year getting into NFT and it really? blew up. And like, I didn't want to burn bridges with my clients. Mm -hmm. I mean, because like, you never know. Yeah, right. And I was just like, you know, I'm not going to like just drop out of it but i'm also going to step back away from it and say hey i'm you know i'm too preoccupied but yeah going in and or remotely going in and just like you know being like a cog in the wheel and just grinding and it's just like no one's gonna they're like can you change this one little thing it's like no one's gonna give a shit yeah. no one's gonna tell <laughs> no exactly. one's gonna know what is it <laughs> really but <laughs> you know, they they do like to be like so on like honest about it it's like they do that because it's just, it's just a nine to five and yep. it's it's busy work it turns into busy work and it it takes it kills all the creative energy and i remember like 
last late last year, like I was working with a client and I was just like, I can't do this. I cannot fuck. I'm like, I'm torturing myself <laughs> just showing up here every day, Monday through Friday. What the hell? All right, I'm done. Like, hey guys, I got something that came up. And then I dropped an NFT the next week and I made like a hundred times more than I did in a week <laughs> in one night. So I'm amazing, like, amazing. And it, yeah, it, it's super fucking like surreal. It's super, I'm super grateful and thankful to, and lucky, feel lucky to be in the space. But, you know, in, in the space itself, it has like ebbs and flows. There's always kind of like ups right. and downs and just like the crypto market. Just like crypto, yeah. Exactly. So I, I got to ask you because I'm so, um, you know, I'm not without making you feel embarrassed or anything you've you've sold some pieces for a lot of fucking money a lot of money so i'm curious what it's like what it's like uh what are those level of collectors like because i've never sold anything for close to that before with it with art collectors and i've sold to some pretty wealthy people but not that kind of <laughs> not that kind of money so i'm just yeah. curious it's like do you know the collectors? Because it's like so much of, of NFT is like everyone, no one likes to put their identity out there. And, mm -hmm. and you know, people people like to keep it like, I don't know, they're low like key. low key and private. And so I'm just curious if there is like what that world is like. Is, did you just sell these randomly or are these collectors you had cultivated or how did, how did that without, you know, if you don't have to say it, if it's weird, but if for what you can say, I'm curious to hear about that. Honestly, it's kind of organic. I think it's simply put, and it's all kind of within the Twitter space. Mm -hmm. And um, it's one of those things where it's either they're a big collector and they love my artwork and they reach out to me. Like mm -hmm. I've had that happen. And they like just DM and we just start talking. And then we talk, talk about like prices and we talk about the artwork and and there's a back and forth with it and we come to like a conclusion right or it's like i've seen collectors where it's like wow they they definitely have like a big collector like a collection going on here and i like as an artist would love to be in their collection mm -hmm. and I, I love the kind of the artwork that they collect yeah so i'd reach out to them and that's happened a few times as well oh that's interesting so it's kind of like an organic yeah experience and then sometimes it's just like randomly happens especially when like uh one in one season nft starts getting hot and like there's enough like motion happening that mm -hmm. it's like it'll just happen automatically and so it's not some planned out thing you planned out to get big collectors it was just a natural yeah i've always felt like organic yeah right place right time kind of a thing and I, I think these collectors are getting smarter as in terms of just, they want quality over quantity nowadays. Right. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, like my experience, like even though there's like so much hype and like so much buildup, there's, it felt very like organic and like a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And for whatever reason, they wanted to collect my artwork, whether it's just like, you know, kind of, it's something that they love and resonate with, or it's popular at the time because, you know, this is like what people are really interested in, in general, like what's happening on super rare. So it, it really kind of has a lot to do with like 
all these different elements of like the market does the collector like your work and yeah um i think quality definitely plays part of it and i've been hearing a lot more people on twitter like right now in the past few weeks talk about you know like it should kind of go back into the art and the quality over yeah like, the quantity. I'm, same here i've been seeing that that yeah. seems to be the general consensus is that people are kind of uh tired of the the pfp you know or the or uh, what the generative projects or they're not as yeah. exciting as they were unless unless they're done well because there's been you know some not it's just anytime there's a lot of money to be made this shit happens and in any any field the people come in to try and make a quick cash grab and the, and the quality's not there i think yeah there's the, i think it has like this gambling aspect to it right and a lot of people get into pfps in the sense of wanting to collect for a low price and then right 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 like 10x 100x which is like fine that's cool with yeah, me it's cool exactly you know, it's it's you know it's it's not one thing or the other it's the the one 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 of the big takeaways i've had from the whole nft space is um it's not just one thing. It's not a bunch mm -hmm. of rug pulls. It's not only these PFP or generative projects. It's not only a bunch of criminals trying to scam your crypto. It's like there's all of these things in there, but you know, there's a it's just so much of all kinds of different things. So it's like it's like anything. There's yeah. good and there's bad in it and you you align yourself with the good people and the and the real artists doing cool shit. Um, and even the, you know, I'm into the generative stuff to me is like, I get it. It's fun. It's, it's like, a mm -hmm. fun, but it's different. It's not the same as a one-to-one -one fine art piece. You know, it's, it's just a different thing. <clears throat> yeah. It's just you kind of look at it like a city and there's different districts, you know, right. Different, yeah. Yeah. You know, neighborhoods of that focus on different things. And I think that's such a, like a, a very healthy way to, to look at it as like not so black and white and that it's just like this full spectrum yeah and like nft the word nft is like an umbrella and it can right. go all sorts of different directions and um i think you know when things get like i see collectors and people in the nft space talk about this when things get quiet and aren't like you know so hustling and so noisy that you can see within the nft space that happened last year I think people start bickering and start comparing and start mm -hmm. arguing. And I think that's just like maybe human nature. Yeah. That's how it always is. When things are going well, <laughs> everyone's happy. And when things aren't going well, everyone's pissed off and fighting. It's like, I wonder what the gold rush was like. I bet everyone was so fucking hunky dory. <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> Absolutely. And then the great depression, I'm sure everybody was fucking fighting and hating each other. And, you know, it's like, it's just the way, the way it is, but, um, exactly. But I, I don't know. It's 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 so. Uh, you, you know, I, I'm really I'm actually really self conscious about. I keep talking ever since I got in. Of course, these podcasts I keep talking a lot about NFTs. So I'm like totally worried that I'm going to alienate fans of this podcast because we got a pretty good listenership. But like I said before, it's like th this is I I see so much cool stuff happening here. I feel like I want to talk about it because it's it's exciting, and it's the stuff that I'm excited about and talking about is is the art aspect of it and the creativity yeah. and it's not like like i said you know like staying up all night the other day and just getting so into doing something for fun is like 
you know, you, that's the, that's where you, whether, whatever art form you're doing, that's the, that's a, usually a good sign that you're, you're creating purely in a pure way. That's really real, you know? Yeah. That, that, that form of excitement. Cause like there's times where your creativity feels like dull. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of like, you know, it just feels soft and, you know, like you might just not be motivated enough and, I don't know. There, there's it. Like, you need a change. You need to switch it up. You know, it's like, it's, that's a, yeah. it's like, to me, it's like been a nice uh, change of pace. And then, and then yesterday I just busted out this little study here. Cause, and it was like, Oh, I haven't painted in a, you know, a, a while I've been doing little things here and there, but not sitting down and okay. I'm going to start to finish a painting for like a couple of weeks. And, um, and it's like, and, and now I feel like, excited about painting again because i've been away from it for a few weeks doing this other stuff you know what i mean so it's like it's just another way to be creative yeah you know yeah and one feeds into the another and like doing like because the animations that you're showing me you're doing like kind of like a mixed media where you take your paintings and start animating on top is that right yeah yeah well that's what i thought would be the the simplest way to start because i'm still like i'm not uh, in a place where I can just chill and take a few months and make a bunch of animations, you know, it's like, I've got this, I'm selling online and I got to keep the wheels rolling of this machine. So it seemed like, well, okay, I could either, you know, go back to what I was doing and relearn Lightwave again. Cause it's the only 3d program I ever learned. And, uh, or I could animate these paintings that are already done. They already have like a history. They, they're well-known paintings. And then I can animate them in after effects and so that seemed like the smartest place to start anyway it, it is it's like because nfts aren't like bound by any sort of medium like i've seen you know ferocious and he his paintings where it's like it's like fine art paintings and then he animates afterwards but you know it's not like one or the other of like if it's 3d does it add value to it no is it animated it really just kind of it's hard to kind of really judge the market right now. Mm-hmm. It's so new, but if at the end of the day, if it's like the art's good, the art's good. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. That's it's, it always comes back to, to, to that to me is why I find it so exciting and fun is, um, is the art, the art, we, it comes, comes back to the art always. And we, we need more dark art. We need more monsters on super air. Yeah. So I think it'd be refreshing. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully I can fit the bill there. Um, I'm just yeah. kind of waiting. I'm, I had that ego death animation ready to go. I got to do, actually, I need to do it. I want to do a little bit of audio that won't take me long, but um, you know, Russia invaded Ukraine and it's like, yeah. uh, probably not a good time to release an NFT. And it doesn't seem like a real, yeah. I don't know. It seems kind of like there's a dip right now. Crypto is really down. And so, but I don't know. It seems like when crypto is low, people might want to buy NFTs because they're paying less for it. Yeah. They- there was that that speculation there was that kind of comment and when i mean crypto was dipping maybe like early summer and then nfts boomed because last year how it was is like it was just kind of like like an uh just an upward trajectory from january 2021 into like april Mm -hmm. and then things just like boom it just like dropped and Mm low sales like which kind of reflects right now a little bit right and it was like low sales for like 
like May, June, even into July. And then like, I think Ethereum dropped in price. And right when that happened, like NFTs just like boomed. And oh, like, wow. like one-in-ones and additions from artists were, were, were hopping. And then PFPs exploded and uh, OpenSea and Generative R was doing really well. Right. And there's a big wave up until like November, early December. And then I think because of, yeah, like what's happening with Russia and Ukraine, even like with like the financial market and, infl- uh, and yeah. inflation, yeah, it took like a ding. And, and I think it's like, I feel like to me, just as much as like cryptocurrency, I think NFTs are going through like some sort of like growing pains mm. maybe. Hmm. And um yeah, going back, I just feel like people are are, are more interested in qual- uh, quality over quantity. And I, I think yeah. I hear collectors, even some of my collectors, some of the big collectors in the space, like talking about that. So oh, that's good. That's good. I mean, that's the way yeah. it should be, really. Yeah. Um I mean, when you got in, did you have any expectations? Like um or did maybe- were you just kind of like what what happened whatever happens happens or how did you kind of approach it oh call me call me it's just like <laughs> it, it felt like um like seeing like fellow digital artist friends that like we follow each other like victor mascara and like fuck render and mm-hmm. some of these other names and people especially like with people it's like shit dude like if, if people are that interested in digital art like at that quality like fuck I, I can make a sale like so you kind of have a bit of an expectation but also it's like it feels like you're they always say like you're at in the early stages so you just ride the wave and see where the wave takes you yeah which is really fun and at the same time you just kind of wanted to um push yourself creatively i started doing animations and sort of doing like like motion capture stuff with my face and oh really I animated yeah like animated like about over a year ago i animated a monkey with like these vr goggles and like the um, the on the it was like a screen and on the screen it would change from like bitcoin and then it'll glitch and it'll change to like bananas and you get really <laughs> excited seeing the bananas it's <laughs> yeah. great and just like a simple like social commentary and not being afraid of like i don't know if this is going to sell and it did well but that's cool I, yeah i think people might like it. it has something to say and that's like relevant to like the crypto space right. so well, just well, having fun so uh uh, uh i don't want to again I, I i'm feeling very insecure about talking all nfts because i do i want to get into more like technical stuff about your artwork but um i want to ask one other thing about it's uh i mean i since i you know i'm i'm so new still although i don't feel like it because because nft space moves like one year equals 10 years in regular reality but um to me it doesn't it feels like something that's not going to go away like it feels like it's just People keep saying it's, you know, or a lot of people say it's a fad. It's gonna, it's like tulips or whatever they say, that stupid analogy. It's like the tulips in the 1800s when they were a fad. But to mm-hmm. me, it feels, it feels like it, it's not going to go away. I, I just have this intuitive sense. Like it's, it's gonna, it's gonna keep going. It's just too cool. There's too much cool stuff going on. There's too much creative energy there. And, and the potential for doing things that have never been done before is, is extremely high and so 
I'm just curious what your what your what is your feeling about the whole NFT space in general? Do you feel like it's you're not sure, or you think it's going to be for the long haul, or do you have a feeling about that? Yeah, like I mean, I always like to listen to my gut. Like my gut instinct is like the same as yours. Just it's not going to like go away. There's just too many people involved and it's just not like artists and collectors it's also like companies and investors you know like even like you know like paypal and visa getting involved in like the crypto space and right you're seeing these big big names that have nothing to do with like the art side of it but also really believe in the the technology and what it's capable of doing and kind of a, a new wave of um economy because like the main argument with nfts and crypto is like the carbon footprint which i understand but when you compare crypto and nft space like in the 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 carbon footprint it's not as like as far as i'm aware i could be wrong i don't want to spread no yeah we've we talked about this with uh, john john baynard the guy who does the toddler pillars Mm-hmm. Prod and he's you know Australian arts. We, we talked a lot about the um, the carbon footprint issue, and um, so so I, I I hear you for sure. I, I think it's total. I mean, especially when you compare it to everything else. Yeah, it's not exactly. huge. It's really it's not that huge. It's it's like uh, you know people. I think people are extrapolating into the future, saying if it keeps going like this, mm-hmm. it's going to be insane. But yeah. by by yeah. then hopefully ETH two or whatever they're calling it now is going to kick in and there's not going to be proof of work and, and all that stuff. So exactly. Yeah. So you guys, you get it. Your audience yeah. kind of gets it. So um, yeah. And I think that has a, a lot of potential, like in, uh, in a real positive way and kind of going back is just, I think there's just too many people like invested involved, you know, big names involved in it. And, you know, um, Part of it, you know, people fight against it. There's so many different reasons why people fight against it. Maybe people are afraid that they they just like missed out and they can't entry into NFTs because it's it's it can be expensive. But yeah, you know, the, right. That's like the beauty of like you know releasing multiple editions. Yeah, or different for, block, different chains too that that don't cost a lot to mint and stuff. Yeah, like Hen, Hen's great, and Tezos is really great. It's very low carbon footprint, right? And the, um, a lot of the artwork that's released on there is, you know, like like a couple hundred bucks or like a hundred bucks or fifty, yeah. 50 bucks, and yeah, that's like it's a cool. print. Yeah, yeah, totally, it's great. It, yeah, so that can really introduce if people are like wary and like kind of nervous about the kind of the money aspect of it, which is completely understandable. Yeah, I think you know we live in such a like like economy is such a like a silly thing in in itself and like it's everything's so topsy-turvy yeah and i get why people would be upset seeing like someone make half a million dollars on a board ape and while yeah. you know <laughs> yeah it yeah. just happened yeah so it's, it's it's from that from that perspective it's easy to see why people if you look at that and go oh my god i hate it it's yeah. like okay i understand but but the mm-hmm. i guess the thing the main thing people should realize is that that's not just that yeah. that's one crazy part of it but but it is, it's so big mm-hmm. it's so huge there's so much there's things that haven't even been thought of yet 
They're going to be amazing that no one's even thought of yet. That's how big the space is and how much potential there is to do cool art stuff in it. Exactly. I think people get so caught up in the noise and whatever headlines it is. And they just type in NFT and they go to news under Google and they're going to lead into like PFPs and right. Right. Even South Park doing their episode with uh, Butters yep. and, and all of that. I still haven't I, seen that. I keep hearing about it, though. Yeah, it's brilliant. And it yep. kind of captures the, the NFT PFP vibe. And um, that's kind of made the general public understanding. But once people really start seeing the different ways that you can utilize it with, um, I think it, it, it's going to be eye-opening. Mm-hmm. I think it's just so speculative right now. And I think a lot of the heart and spirit is to me definitely in the art side of it. Yeah. Whereas the speculative and the gambling and just having fun is probably in the PFP. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it seems, it seems to me like, to me, it seems like, uh, and I was surprised to see this when I got in, it's like a lot of collect the collect. It seems like the collectors, are way into art you know i assumed when i got in it's all going to be just like people speculating on trying to flip their things and make money which there is a lot of that as well but i don't know i i see a lot of big collectors displaying their collections and like really into art and really proud of what they own and just liking just like a regular collector in the traditional art world would be they like to show their work off it represents them as a person because it's their taste, what they like, and they love it. Yeah. 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 And I feel like that whole collector spirit has been around for like centuries. Right. You know? Yeah. And what's even really cool is uh, one of my collectors of mine in the past, um, he started getting back into art. He's like a financial trader, day trader by day, got into crypto and since nfts he's like bought a lot of one-on-ones and he bought um profile pictures and got into the board apes but all of a sudden he he's like i haven't drawn since i was a kid so he started drawing again oh how cool. that's amazing yeah that's yeah. so great yeah i mean a shout out to yeah it's osf he's on um twitter and i love that story about him uh, how it, you know he he's put up a few pieces on foundations and yeah that's a, that's amazing that's like yeah. that's a beautiful thing really i mean the, and that goes overlooked all the time with mm-hmm. uh, criticism of the space we talked about this i think with john baynard is that i think it was with john or maybe it was with jamie i don't know i've been we, i've been talking talking about it a lot <laughs> lately uh since january but um uh the fact that it's like it's 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 not only a renaissance for digital artists, but it's a renaissance for people, for people who've never created art before, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's like, Hey, I can play in this space. I might not be like really great at it or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't drawn since this, that, since I was a kid, I can kind of like falling back in love with art, creating art as well. And being able to display it and play in that space as well. It's like, what's wrong with that? That's amazing. You know, more, the more people creating Mm -hmm. art, the better, I think it's like, it's a good, healthy thing to do, you know? Yeah. Human being. Yeah, really. It really is. I think it's kind of like having your own, you know, journal, your own kind of personal dialogue and you'll kind of speak some truth and just express yourself, express how you feel, you know, it's like, that's a good thing. (laughs) It's a good thing for society. 
Uh oh, you froze. Oh shit, you're frozen. Oh, there you go. You're back. You're oh, back. Are we oh, good. good. Yeah. I thought I was gonna have to restart the call. <laughs> <laughs> you froze there for a minute. <laughs> I think I think we're good. I think okay. we got stable internet now. Good, good. Uh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I think that's I think that's just an, another cool aspect of of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So shout out to that dude. Um, so anyway, okay. Let's get let's get off NFTs a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, what what's the one of the first things I asked you when we were talking on Twitter is like, how are you creating this work? Mm-hmm. It's uh, I couldn't. I still, you know, I kind of have an idea maybe now after you told me, you kind of just gave me an overview a little bit, but so you're, you're modeling things in 3d and rendering them out and then bringing them into a 2d program. Are you okay with talking about it or is it? Oh like, yeah. 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 I've, I've talked about it in the past. On okay. And then yeah. you're, and then you're like, how are you turning that? Are you rendering like a cell shader type thing and then rendering it out? Or how are you doing this? Because you have like this, specific look that's hard to pin down you know what i mean yeah and it's like a an approach from where i kind of flip it on and said where usually like things go from 2d like a sketch and then mm-hmm. i'm going to bring into a 3d program and model on top of it it goes from 2d to 3d and then like kind of a bit of post effects on top of it whereas for me is like i to kind of go back and rewind a little bit back is um I used to kind of like, yeah, draw mole, mole skin with like Copic pins and kind of just put things out on, you know, pin on paper and how I felt and stuff. But to me, it was like, so like time consuming and I feel like being like such a lazy artist. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, you know, rather than just drawing straight on pen and paper, cause I, I love illustrating. I love the feeling of illustrating. Uh, pieces and having a kind of an illustrative feel to it i was like rather than just going straight from pen and paper why don't i just like jump into 3d because i learned so much 3d doing the visual effects industry mm-hmm. so i just kind of popped into uh, maya i used maya for my 3d rendering and daz 3d to like kind of pose a character uh, okay yeah. yeah i was just looking at, into the i remember daz 3d back when it was back from back like during bryce 3d remember bryce 3d yeah i remember like talking <laughs> to meets meyer about this we're like working in the vfx industry everyone gave us shit for using bryce and like i remember getting bryce from comp usa in the box and going home and being like oh my god this is so amazing i'm making this landscape and it took forever to render this line going down. <laughs> like I dial up internet it's like <laughs> yeah. so that's so that and, and it's funny because i was looking at dad's 3d because i keep seeing people talking about it mm-hmm. and i'm like holy shit this is crazy this is so it's like what different. people uses i mean he uses- yeah yeah I, I can see how it like this is amazing actually you know it, it used to be kind of like i remember it was kind of like a cheesy program back in the day and now it's yeah. like these super realistic figures that can yeah. do anything with it's amazing yeah like the figures have gotten better they don't look silly mm-hmm. and <laughs> so like yeah I, I model something pose something like real basic and daz and then uh put some clothes on them or 
maybe they're a nude figure uh, with like a skeletal system that's attached to their body. So mm-hmm. however, like they're rigged, I could, their skeletal system will move with them. Right. And then I drop it into a 3D program, have the pose and the composition already set in place through DAS. And then mm-hmm. within Maya, that's where I start introducing lights and colors and adding like the camera. And then um, what I started getting really into with the recent work is uh, playing with like uh, refracted surfaces, like the skin is like this refracted surface where you can see the skeletal system. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even the skeletal system is like refracted um, texture. And I throw light inside the body and it just kind of like has a really cool look to it. Mm -hmm. It looks fucking cool. Yeah. And they started introducing colors. And then um, with these 3D softwares, uh, you can start introducing uh, tune shaders. No, yeah, it's like tune line work. Right. So you start getting like a real rough line work of like the skeletal system and like the body. And then you just start shooting out all these different render passes uh, with Maya. And I use V-Ray to render out stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much like layers that the 3D software can spit out that I can really play around with. Yeah. And then I throw it into Photoshop and I start just like bashing on top and like doing like broken skulls and just disintegrating the the skeleton and just adding all these like illustrative like nuances. Just painting, hand painting on everything. Exactly. To give it, to kind of pull it away from like the 3D feel and more of like a hand done with a bit of like the 3D vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just, I throw it in a software like Nuke and which is like compositing software. And there's an, it's called a normal pass within the 3D and it'll kind of give the illusion of being able to kind of relight the subject. So he's like, yeah, like I can add in like, um, a lighting pass and it, it'll kind of make the body flicker and wow. have these different like nuanced like lighting effects and it just kind of like reintroduces like that 3d feel to it but also like it i don't know it's, it feels it looks fucking cool <laughs> it does <laughs> yeah. i'm like okay this is dope I'm, it's just playing around and just yeah 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 that's what that's what was you know, what, what intrigued me so much about 3d when I first got into it was, especially when I started learning multi-pass rendering for which people who don't know, it's like mm-hmm. you can render one pass of specularity or the glossiness of an object. You can layer a diffusion pass, which is like the, how the light absorbs on the object or the, yeah. you know, the, the shat, a shadow pass or whatever, all these different passes. And then there are layers. And then you can adjust all that stuff in, in a compositing program. So you're not stuck to whatever you rendered in the 3d. Like that was key for me uh, with my stuff is um, like that skeleton thing I did. It was like, I rendered one skeleton. It was bent. I put bones in it and I just made him rotate in place one, one time in a loop. And then all the rest, I was just duplicating that. I rendered it out with an alpha channel and I was just duplicating that and, and, and shrunk it down <laughs> to make it look like it was going down. You know, it's yeah. like, I didn't even do like layer 3d layers and after effects. It was just like you all cheating. Yeah. It's just all cheats to make it look that way. And I love that. I love that. You know, you can get creative outside of the three. Cause it's like hard to really, 
you know, doing a whole finished thing in 3D is very difficult and renders take a long time. And if you mess up, it's like you got to, it's just a lot of work, but I love having everything in pieces and then being able to adjust everything in a 2D program where it's faster and a little more, you know, exactly. like, like um, uh, improvisational or whatever. You can just kind of like change things up and get creative. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what I love about it. And I, I think a lot of that is learning. Yeah. From like the VFX industry, right? You know, going into the like the early two thousands and up to the two thousand tens, you know, you know, you can only do so much in three D back then, even like in the VFX industry. So it really like weighed heavily on just doing like these really cool, fun two D comp tricks, right? Yeah, kind of just having fun with that because yeah, like um, it yeah, even to this day, even though you can render something pretty quickly, just putting it all together can be pretty time consuming if you're it, just doing it in 3d so yeah yeah it's kind of like uh you know my idea with with, with makeup effects originally you know because i i was doing um sculpture first i was thinking i can get out of be a sculptor in fine art and then that just was like too cost prohibitive prohibitive and time prohibitive and too expensive too hard to sell sculptures that I wanted to do. And then I got into painting, <clears throat> yeah. but just kind of out of practicality sake. And I like painting too, but um, uh, uh, my idea was like, okay, I'm going to take everything I've learned in the last 15 years of makeup effects. And I'm going to apply that to my art. You know what I mean? And it's um, sort of like what you're saying, all the stuff you learned in visual effects, you're able to apply. I used to joke and say, I'm using it for good instead of evil now. <laughs> it's like instead of working on some you know trashy movie that nobody or some dumb movie or your piece doesn't get seen or whatever it's like now i'm taking all this knowledge this hard-earned knowledge 40 hours a week for years and years and apply it to something that matters to me which is my artwork you know yeah and yeah totally i think that's just a, a healthy like change in, in in your career and you can really see it is because you you went from like yeah sculpting for film and then you can you still feel like there there's just so much depth in your artwork and i think in your your paintings because mm. you use you use oil paints right yeah and i think how, how does it feel for you like as an artist to paint oil compared to acrylic because it's just it feel like you just have so much more control and depth in your paintings i i mean it's it's funny because i just did some hand embellished g clay so i the other day um so i just broke out the acrylics and i was like kind of enjoying that the, the fast fast drying aspect of it but um the you know i remember my dad used to tell me about a guy named chuck ran who was an illustrator and he was like because my dad was an oil painter and he said, this guy, Chuck Rand is all acrylics and his stuff looks totally like oil. And really it's how, how, you know, you can make acrylics, you can make it, them indistinguishable of each other, really um, wow. depending on your technique. But um, for me, oils, you know, I prefer oils because, you know, I started Slow with drying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it took, it, it's like, I started off in acrylics cause I was using acrylics and makeup effects for, painting creatures and stuff that was all like a lot of that was acrylic paint based and we rarely used oil paint so um i had a solid background in that so my first painting was an acrylic and um then i was like okay you know it was more like 
my dad was an oil painter. All my favorite painters are oil painters. So I'm going to teach myself to how to paint in oils. And it was kind of difficult at first to figure it out. But once I figured it out, then I never went back because, you know, something as simple as the paint drying on the palette while you're working is a real pain in the ass with acrylics, you know? And it's like my paint up here, you know, this is like, I could poke a hole in it. It's been sitting here for weeks and I could poke a hole in most of them and it's get, fresh paint out of there or if after a couple of days it hasn't skinned over anything like it'll sit there for a week without skinning over um but just being able to blend it and not worry about things drying but um and glazing glazing is the main thing is that you you know with acrylic glazing it's a little trickier because you know if you're using glazing mediums and acrylic it's like it kind of light turns whitish it's that whitish it makes it more like opaque and it just looks opaque until it dries it looks you know what i mean it's almost got like a white film until it dries Mm -hmm. so you can't really see it that well but with oils you just you paint it on and that's how it's going to dry it's not going to change color it's not going to darken see you know that reminds me of when i was getting back and yeah acrylic paintings is like i would start painting it i'm like oh man I'm, i'm loving this color of of blue or and then it dries or, and they're like what the fuck they're like <laughs> no and it's like this battle it was like this weird battle and you're always up um, to paint a little bit lighter than you want it to yeah you know and it was like i was having a battle with it and i knew that i just wanted to do acrylic because it was it, it was maybe like cheaper or it was just like it was so easy to kind of mm-hmm. work with yeah there was like this for i haven't used oil painting since probably i was like a kid and stuff but it, mm-hmm. it, there's something different experience and i can see it going from as a sculpture a sculpturist into oil it, it is makes sense. more sculptural it feels more sculptural than uh acrylics do to me because you know you you, you can lay it down and you're you're kind of pushing it around in a way because it's not drying And so it's like, it feels more like sculpture than acrylic, whereas acrylic, it's like you kind of, unless you're using one of those non-drying mediums, that kind of helps, but still not the same feeling. Um, But yeah, yeah, it it feels more sculptural and it doesn't really make sense, I guess, unless you know paint, but it feels closer to sculpture than acrylics. I don't know why though. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's like there's like yeah a sense of like depth and playfulness with it and that you can like just kind of like create something from nothing like you go from like creating nothing to like creating something cool you just kind of add and build on top of that whereas i feel like acrylic cause i've seen like james jeans are where he will like plan his color palette and this is the kind of color I'm going to use for even maybe cause does it. I think he might use acrylic too. Mm-hmm. This is the specific color and this is how it looks like when it's dried. Right. Yeah. And for this specific area, it's more like maybe a design brain you got to have for in that, that. Yeah, maybe, 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 yeah, maybe it's, not. Yeah. I've seen so many different people mm-hmm. painting so differently. Like uh, what's uh, what's his name? The ac- acrylic painter who, uh, uh uh i think todd shore you know todd shore todd shore s-c-h-o-r-r he's kind of like him and mark ryden were the two big painters for in the 90s yeah mark ryden's big 
big time. So is Todd Shore now, but he, his stuff looks totally like oil and it's yeah. all, I think it's all acrylic, but um, Craig, uh, Greg Simpkins, uh, Crayola, that guy Crayola, Greg Simpkins, he, he does stuff that looks like oil and it's acrylic and he doesn't use any mediums. He just uses water, water and acrylic and, he, and he's yeah. getting an amazing result. So it really is just how you, the technique of it yeah the technique and it's like you know how it is every every artist is is different that's what makes it interesting yeah where you're like sitting there like how the hell did they do that yeah (laughs) kind of scratch your brain and i think that's the one of the funnest parts of like art where it's like you play with like a new medium and you're just like wondering how did this person put this all together yeah it makes you want to look at it even longer and and stuff so it's it's pretty wild um yeah like what for you as an artist like what what's like one of your earliest memories like like being inspired and like like all right this is what i want to do as an artist or this is what i want to do i get into makeup effects do you remember like uh i was uh let's see i mean i was always drawing monsters and stuff when i was a kid because i was into horror movies and but i draw like trucks and motorcycles and army men and just people you know people fighting wars you know stuff that boys draw mm-hmm. but um i got into filmmaking when i was like nine or ten i found my dad's super eight camera and i started making super eight films so i was like really into it and i liked movies but then i saw dawn of the dead the 78 version of dawn of the dead the original oh, yeah. and it was super gory and i was just like i couldn't believe it shocked me and I was wondering how they made that stuff. And then I saw the howling with that tra- werewolf transformation that totally blew my mind. And I was just like, I, I just got, I was like, I have to learn how to do this. I got to learn how, the, how they do this stuff. It's so cool. And so then I went off on, that was all, all I dropped everything. Cause I was like, I wanted, I was getting into, I'd had my first motorcycle race. Like I was getting to dirt. I was like riding dirt bikes wanted to be a professional motors like dirt bike racer and i i dropped everything when i got into effects and just started pursuing that and all the way through high school and didn't even consider fine art until i was like 33 years old i think after you know way into i got into effects right after high school and just kept doing it and then i got to the point where i was like okay this isn't yeah. you know, magical anymore for me. So I want to start doing my own thing. And uh, then I started working towards getting out and being a fine artist. And then it, I didn't know what to paint at first. And then I was like, I'm just going to do monsters like I used to do when I was a little kid, you know, and I feel like it kind of went full circle. Cause yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause like you get to that point where you're just like so motivated and so, like, I know that feeling of like, growing up in specific films and like dude like i want to like work on like a film and be a part of that and like even having like my name in the credits like that's so cool and then like the film's done and then you see the credits roll and your name's kind of like right there with like a big yeah credit like (laughs) This isn't as cool as like that's so weird. Yeah. Who was I just (laughs) yesterday? Who was I just telling this to? It was yesterday or the day before I was telling someone that exact same thing. Like that feeling. Exactly. Exactly what you said. Like I was waiting 
it was my bit you know get get a uh, uh you see your name on the screen and then you see it and you're like oh huh. okay <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's really cool and then after that it's like it's not exciting at all it's just like i mean how was it though that because you did uh dark man right in mm -hmm. the 80s i i didn't i i was too i was kind of i i grew up like on tales in the crypt and mm -hmm. um and then uh you definitely worked on like Hellboy. Did you feel like you had like a creative say in that and felt like it was like, how, how was that experience? Uh, Hellboy two, I did Hellboy. Yeah. Hellboy one was great. Cause I met Guillermo for the first time. He's super great. He was actually, I did the right hand of doom his his stone yeah. hand. I sculpted that. And, um, you know, they just gave me a Mike Mignola sketch you know, and Mike Mignola style, you know, outline, here, here's the the designs, the kind of occult symbols. And, um, and then I just sculpted that, but I like picked it and made it cracked and made it look like stone. And Guillermo's like, he's such an easy guy to work with. He's, yeah. he's like the, one of these guys that will pick the artists they like and then let them do their thing. And he's, and he's got an, a, a great artistic eye. So, so um, he, you know, any suggestions are good. They're not just like a lot of people, you know how it is. I'm sure it's like this in visual effects where people are giving input just so they can say that, tell, tell their friends at the golf course that they, that they made, a, you know, they made a design contribution to something. Exactly. <laughs> when it doesn't, yeah. when it doesn't need to be there. I always felt that, like, I remember <laughs> seeing that hand with like Hellboy and it felt like there was like a real great back and forth like he wanted to hear your creative say and it felt like a very like a collaborative maybe experience in yeah. some sense yeah yeah he's he's i always say if if there were more guillermo's in yeah. the industry i wouldn't probably wouldn't have left it exactly but, but it's so rare to find a, a director like that and um, it goes back to like there's so many clients that yeah your work gets lost in it and then you're saying like yeah i was saying with the, like your your name is just kind of part of yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> or, <laughs> even for for i mean i may be wrong but for makeup effects people it's even worse it's even worse because i can't tell you how many times my credit has been below craft services you know, which is the people that, that the people that, that do the food on set yeah. for people who don't know. And, and it's not it's a, a fine job. It's a legitimate mm -hmm. job. But I mean, as far as contributing creatively to the movie, yeah. you know, we're we should be at least above craft services. But, but it's like it, we, Could, we just you got no respect in that business until I started working at Rick Baker's. It was like mm -hmm. no respect. You just and Rick's like, a legend. Yeah. 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 And you have to work for like a guy like that to get any kind of and even then you're just like, oh, it's one name. You know, he yeah. gets the title credit and then the whole crew <laughs> gets everything at the end. Yeah. And, uh, but it's you know, that's he worked hard for that and he's really good too. So he's amazing. Exactly. He's yeah. Artist, so. so there is just that yeah, there's um there's a duality in the whole space of like, you know, like you can't get the recognition you deserve but then there's such like fun client and opportunities and relationships that you can yeah i know build from it that are so memorable and like you can't like trade that i know and it's and it's fun when you do find a person worth collaborating with someone that adds yeah. something like guillermo or like adam jones you know it's like it, him and i have always just clicked together creatively and it's mm -hmm you know it's you you know you know these relationships where you work with yeah. someone and immediately you click with them creatively and you're just like yeah. give feeding off each other's ideas and, and yeah that's, and it's amazing yeah like 
uh, going back, I mean, I remember I worked on like Iron Man 3 and it was actually a really chill job. I wasn't like grinding too hard. I was working like in Venice at Digital Domain. Great crew. Like it was, it was really super chill. It wasn't like a crazy deadline. And I'm like, I lived out in Torrance, California. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, that's right. Torrance. Yeah. <laughs> we talked yeah. about, I used Went to, to the... Pedro is like 20 right minutes from Torrance, you know, we used to go to the exactly. mall. We used to go to Torrance to go to the mall. The, yeah, the Del Amo or something. Del like Amo Mall. Yeah, yeah, there it is. There was two. There was two malls yeah. Yeah. in Torrance. There was the Old Town Mall and there was the Del Amo Mall. And the Del Amo Mall was like the really big one. Yeah. They shot um, one like of the those... biggest one in the world at the one point. Yeah, they shot some movie there. Yeah, um, the Quentin Tarantino film, one of his early films. Oh yeah, something. yeah, Jackie Brown, I think maybe. Yeah. 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 Right. And um, yeah, I went to the Dalmo Mall and with my wife, and we went and saw Iron Man three and worked on and getting excited. <laughs> oh, there's my shot, and like I don't think no one ever fucking cares. It's cool, but there's there's the thing that I sat and looked at for for like you know five weeks, <laughs> and that's pretty cool. And then I I sat there like all right, let's let's watch the credits, and then yep, there there's like my name buried in it, and it's like I had a moment where I'm like, ah man. I heard they have my artwork in a gallery because this is that would be way more satisfying. Right, than, right, than that totally, and, man. But fast forward after you know working on a film like that, I I hooked up with a director. He's like an indie director, Eddie Alcazar, and he works with um uh, shoot. They did some like really surreal, like kind of visceral, crazy films, and but the thing with Eddie. Cause I got to work with Eddie Alcazar, the director, and then it was produced by, um, uh, Steven Soderbergh. Oh, cool. Which was, yeah. Like and Eddie and I like clicked and like, we saw, like we were in both inspired by a lot of like, um, um, all the earlier directors, like in the nineties. And we just kind of had like a same creative taste and, he reached out to me because he loved my ex Sula artwork and oh, cool. my colorful artwork. And he's like, I want to, I want you to do the post art for, for my indie film. Like, this is, yeah, for sure. This is how it should be where it's yes. like, you're getting hired because of your personal artwork. Yeah. Instead of, I mean, I feel like, you know, since I've gone away and become a fine artist, I get hit up once in a while to do special jobs like that. Um, and, and, and it feels so much better. Than, than being in a factory setting to where you're the guy that does this and you sit yeah. there for five weeks and you do your thing and you go home at night as a, you know, when they come back to you for your art that you, they automatically kind of give you more respect because you you're an artist. And whereas yeah. when you're working in a shop, you're the same guy, the same amount of talent, but you're just like a hand. You're a piece yeah. of the machine. You know what I mean? Whereas there's certain people that, you know, they seek you out and they themselves and, inspired and they're like i can see where this will add you know an interesting element into my project and yeah there's like a level of like kind of respect and yeah totally that can totally go a long way yeah and then yeah he's like you want to do the poster art and he's like i also have some visual effects stuff i'm like oh yeah by the way i do like matte painting and vfx he's like oh really like i have like i need to do all these like visual stuff for, oh for cool film. so yeah like kind of like organic natural and he's one of those clients that i always go back to yeah yeah well, that's how yeah that's how i'm with guillermo and with adam yeah. jones and there was a director scott oh what's his last name it's been a while this movie priest i worked on 
it was one of my first yeah. uh, freelance gigs after I was a fine artist and left the industry. He had me doing designs and he was super cool and uh, easy to work with. R- really nice guy, you know, oh, and Joe, this guy, Joe Bagos, mm-hmm. who, who did this movie Bliss that I worked on. Scott Stewart. Yeah, yeah Scott Stewart. Yeah, he's I a remember priest. Priest is dope. Yeah, he, he's like a vision. He was a visual effects guy. Also, Scott oh, wow. was. Yeah, but really a great guy to work with. Um, um, yeah, and this I, I like I, I got this movie Bliss. These guys hit me up. Joe Bagos. I forget his partner's name. I apologize. The producer. Really cool indie filmmakers hit me up to do this painting in this movie. It's about an artist who's it's like a horror, really cool, like ex- exploitation, trashy art horror movie. It's really cool, like kind of like it. a vampire movie. Um, just came out a few years ago. God, maybe it's longer than I think. But um, they, I, I did the painting that she's supposed to be working on throughout the film, and she like, transforms. Cool. She takes this crazy drug and makes her turn into this crazy vampire. And she's killing all these people and stuff, but she's working on this this painting the whole time. So I got to do the painting for the movie, and then they gave me an upfront credit. Oh, uh, wow! First oh, time, what's... first time ever Fuck. in my career. It's <laughs> God, like <laughs> goddamn time. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Bliss. Bliss. All right, I'm gonna. Yeah, it's 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 a crazy movie. Really, it's you know what? It's you'll, you'll dig it. It's got like your color scheme. Yeah, it's kind of got you're... you're that kind of blue. You know, pink. you know the yeah, blue pink color scheme. Yeah, it's exactly. totally it's totally got that. It's really cool. And when when did this come out? I don't know. Wait, now I gotta look here. Uh okay, bliss. My wife oh. loves horror, so whatever it's... horror you will mention, I <laughs> oh really show to her. Yeah, she's a big horror. Oh, horror excellent. Girl. 20 2019 it came out. Cool. Yeah. Um uh, it's, it's pretty raunchy i don't know if she's it's, it's it. very raunchy oh, yeah. but it's super uh, violent super raunchy but what it was cool about it, it's like it's very artistically done you know what i mean it's like got a lot of like raunchy sex no. scenes that, and super gory violent stuff but it's really like and it was super low budget but you could just it's artistically done well it's really cool like it's lit well it's like and it was yeah. a small crew of people just like getting together making this everyone was inspired and into what they were doing it was such a cool thing to be a part of i love um, it i already i, I already love the poster I yeah see the poster is cool cool i yeah i didn't do the poster but uh but yeah yeah you'll yeah that's you'll see be, it you'll that's see gonna it. be dope but hey <laughs> there it is i love that and like yeah my my wife has like i trust her taste like we're last movies that like we're really into horror wise i mean there are different takes it's like hereditary yeah and, yeah that's the one that's um, probably the last thing i saw that i thought that's a really good for, scary ass horror movie. daytime horror yeah like <laughs> in broad daylight yep and cult horror and uh wait no that i'm thinking of uh it's hereditary and then the one after it that he did uh midsomner oh Midsom- yeah 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 daytime that was- horror yeah yeah right right <laughs> and then like hereditary yeah, is like great movie it's like yeah the, the family tree of fucked up the dude <laughs> I, yeah i just i mean that to, to me that you know I, even if the whole movie was shit which it wasn't yeah. seeing 
a headless body floating in the night sky. It was like, I saw it and I was like, all right, this guy is a genius, whoever he is who made this. That is the coolest, creepiest image I've seen. I can't even think of the last time I saw something that creepy and surreal and weird. Yeah. You know, it's not standard, like, ah, scary monster that's frowning with the, with the squinty <laughs> brows. Ah, angry monster. No, exactly. it's like bizarre. It makes just like, makes you feel weird because it's so creepy and incongruent with normal you know Shit. yeah <laughs> it's fucking crazy and like <laughs> i love it and um was it the guy that did us and oh yeah yeah um, that was cool too uh uh i always draw blank with that stuff like jordan peel yeah jordan peel i forget the, the other one of us no, um, us no us uh he did us with the the, the <laughs> dancer and the girl and it like oh man I yeah, he did. yeah i i got an excuse because i'm old so <laughs> me i just like i get on here and i'm like oh yeah i would love to talk about this film and i get on here i'm like oh shit what was it called <laughs> get out yeah get, get out, out. There you go. yeah yeah that was great that's great it's like a different take like on horror it's totally very, like it's creative um, um the guy that did psycho it kind of brought me back to right alfred hitchcock, alfred hitchcock yeah yeah and uh I, yeah speaking of your your wife so exulo is like mm-hmm. this it's like you and your wife working together on the art how does this work yeah so like, like an, a, a team yeah like there's a lot of the times that like i'll sit down and just kind of make the art myself but a lot of the chunk of the art too is her i i kind of consider her as like an art director oh cool so i like um come to her with like an idea and she has more of a designer brain because like we met in art school oh cool that's great and she kind of like you know you need to be able to tweak the composition like this adjust the characters like this it'll be more balanced like because sometimes i just throw shit together right and it doesn't like there's something off about it like 90 percent of the time but but she sees like what kind of message i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. but she's like why don't you adjust the character like this and move the camera like that and position things a little more balanced and she really kind of helps fine-tune things and kind of like have that designer brain and then she also kind of comes up with the, like the titles and like the description of the artwork. So she kind of sees it from like kind of the start and finish part of it. And, you know, when it comes to the color and the lighting and the drawing, she lets me have fun with it. But I, I trust like her overall eye of what makes That's the piece strong. super, super cool. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And, and you're also not like alone in it. You know, you yeah. have, you have someone to bounce, bounce things off of and, does that's I mean, like shit. And yeah, yeah. Like, yeah like... <laughs> I do that with my wife too, but she just says I, I don't give her the credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, honey, that looks like shit. <laughs> Worst critic. Um, yeah. But that's I mean the... that it, it obviously is working because you know you don't you don't have a bad piece. You know, it's like there's not a piece I can look at. It's like, uh, that's not quite there. Or, you know, it's like it. you see that sometimes with artists. It's like, oh, that wasn't their best effort. Um, but 
it's it's almost like you have like a system of checks and balances to make sure that only the good shit gets out the door. You know what I mean? It has to be yeah. at a certain level and you've got four pairs of eyes on it instead of two to make sure that that happens every time, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I feel like I, I get more like that with the um, NFT stuff compared to the stuff I put on like on Instagram, especially before like censorship and, and getting censored a lot. Uh, Cause that was a big issue in 2018, 2019. Sometimes I'll just like, you know, like uh, I'll ask my wife, like, Hey, is this isn't like, like too over the edge or too raunchy mm-hmm. and she'll get a, a big laugh out of it. Like, this is funny. It's like, you know, renders of dicks coming out of skull's eyes or uh-huh. this ridiculous <laughs> shit that she's like this is it, it plays like i did this a lot of play on like um like transgender horror characters which i think was really fun of like making like these uh like uh michael myers as like this beautiful busty woman oh that's great like blade. <laughs> and and my wife like totally like um cater to that until they kind of like helped me like come up with that stuff because what we loved about it is it kind of flipped it itself on its head so mm-hmm. some of the, the raunchy stuff that i'm like i'm known for like on instagram was thanks to my wife because there's like we just sat there and we're like this is ridiculous this is like silly stupid but we're, we're having so much fun right but the the negative side of that is like we uh just starting to get banned and getting censored oh, wow. on on instagram for showing um you probably were, yeah they didn't like the <laughs> nipple they didn't it, it just got weirder and weirder and um it it, it kind of became difficult so uh, you kind of really had to like watch what you post and i got right. to a point where i actually got banned uh, my account removed right when I hit like a hundred K. Oh, I, no way. I got removed off of Instagram, like 2019. And I was like, I opened up the account and it was just not available. I'm like, Oh shit. I like, cause this is around when I was just like pushing buttons uh-huh. and just like coming up with like not safe for work art. Right. Cause it was illustrative. I'm like, ah, I can get away with it. Uh-huh. I just like pushed it too hard. And, um, got it banned and taken down for like a week but then luckily i was able to know someone to be able to get my account back I'm oh my god there. wow yeah, so i was like oh shit there goes like all my followers and like <laughs> yeah possible clients and <laughs> i guess i won't i guess i won't do that again so. damn have you do you do you promote your nft stuff on instagram because i notice a lot of nft hate on instagram that is not on twitter yeah. So how do you handle that? Because I haven't, you know, I've only done three, so I, it's not not a lot to promote. But I haven't really promoted on other platforms other than Twitter. So yeah, uh, promoting on Instagram like has hasn't been a problem. But I'm yeah, I'm aware that like there's a lot of artists that like they they put their stuff out there and they get so much hate on on IG. But yeah, honestly promoting has definitely like i've been doing it since uh starting nft now over a year maybe because you you already yeah. had you're doing digital stuff and so you had kind maybe. of the right audience for it yeah i think i think so because i i hear more of people wanting to like collect my stuff especially like um lower price edition counts and um yeah i'm, I'm thankful that like you know i didn't feel the hate 
the heat on Instagram like or the headaches. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then again, like doing all that that raunchy stuff, I got so much hate for it oh, right, from like right. the wrong wrong people. I did a, <laughs> I did a lot of anti-Trump stuff, which uh-huh. is <laughs> just fun. Yeah, that's you know that's that's. Those are, those are the people you, you want to piss off. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. So, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you is: okay, you're the stuff that you were doing before you were doing the NFTs, and you're painting stuff, right? You're kind of doing. Are they like? Is your is your painting physical paintings, like, basically what you're doing digitally, but painted in acrylics? Yeah, it all started like digital, and um, so, so you're you're creating, you're doing everything the same, and then projecting it onto the canvas, and then painting it to finish it. Um, not to finish it, but to kind of like make a a physical like duplicate of it. And oh, oh, okay, so you would take it like all the way digitally, and then you would yeah. reproduce it. Oh my god, what a trip! Yeah, that's yeah, a cool. It, that's a really cool, interesting thing to do. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was just like, because I wanted to kind of keep that fine art spirit in me and alive and Mm -hmm. um so yeah to finish it in digital and it like to me if it's like oh this is like a really strong piece like i I definitely want to be able to like recreate this like visually like on canvas Mm -hmm. it's like then i just kind of decided okay yeah I'll, i'll put it on canvas and take it from there wow that's a trip so you're using your digital for your reference basically like your digital so you're doing all that work finished yeah. thing and then you're painting that thing um yeah that's really it, cool <laughs> yeah it's like i think that yeah this is all before the nft space so I, I knew that there was so much value in fine art uh still and i i kind of wanted to be able to recreate my digital pieces into paintings to be able to like possibly sell the paintings right right but it got to a point where nfts popped up and i'm like oh, I, I guess i don't need a paint yeah i was gonna ask you <laughs> have you done it have you painted any since since or are you just yeah and i haven't unfortunately honestly like i, I feel like i have time now i've I loved i'm gonna be yeah having a little bit more space and time to paint and i think i want to get back into it because I think uh, you, you get too comfortable doing the digital stuff in ways, so you mm-hmm. might have to kind of go back into the the fine art, which I think it really helps, like kind of push yourself. Now you think it kind of in a creative block. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like like I was saying earlier, it's good to switch things up to stay inspired and you know try different techniques and and stuff. So uh, I bet you, I bet I bet you anything when you go back to doing your first painting now after all this time or i don't know a year or whatever year and a half or whatever two years you'll be like a better painter i bet you because you'll have all this painting built up in you that you haven't been able to express that's that's how it is for me it's like if i take long breaks when i do it it's like i'm better it's sometimes you need like a break to get better it seems like yeah for it's sure weird it is weird because you kind of want to because you think of like the creativity is like a muscle so it's mm-hmm. like i gotta i gotta work that muscle out every day but yeah, i i guess just like a muscle you, yeah, just, you gotta you, rest the muscle too yeah to for it to repair and build you need rest days and yeah. sometimes <laughs> this could be like a month long yeah. 
I think it's like a certain when you get to a certain point, then you know it's like you do have to build that muscle memory and bust your ass and re- yeah. repetition, repetition to where you get you know the muscle memory and you get really good at it. And then there's a point where I've you know this has only been you know I don't know maybe past five years when I take a break if I take a break and I get back to it I feel like I'm like I've leveled up a little bit somehow because yeah. I, I've I've been holding it back or something it's a trip yeah yeah Here. I think there's a, some sort of it is a trip like I don't understand maybe it's just like you're able to like think of it as like a creative well of like water fills mm-hmm. like you take a break and that well kind of fills up and you just you just push it out and then gets to the point where the well starts to drain and you start kind of like feeling creatively drained right right you, you have really to build produce. back up again maybe yeah it's that's a like, good point yeah yeah it's kind of like how i yeah like i've always had ebbs and flows even since i was a kid there's always points of the year that i feel like the most creative and then points of the year where i feel like the least creative yeah yeah what a trip yeah yeah it's been a wild ride (laughs) yeah yeah for sure uh i thought of something i wanted to tell you i got an itch in my back back scratcher that's the way to go um, I, I just I wanted to, to mention it because it's it just occurred to me because because I've been going, um, you know this is weird for me again we're gonna get an NFT talk again so sorry if you're not into it people but um, you know every time I, I get I bet you people don't have a problem with it and it's all me projecting and being insecure because usually when I think that people have an issue with something I'm saying nobody has an issue with it. So then I probably should just shut up about it because it's probably fine. But um, th- this got me thinking about, you know, I'm getting back to these digital roots, right? From 20 years ago. Um, another weird thing that just occurred to me the other day, or no, while talking to you, I mean, fr- from uh, back in the day, back in the, when I was doing digital, I was trying to start, I was trying to get into it at visual effects like starting my own little boutique company. I wanted to work at digital domain. That was my dream, but I was too chicken to go for it. But um, so I, I made a demo reel of my 3D animation and it was a bunch of the stuff that Tool ended up using. It was like art, looping art videos. It was on a video cassette, <laughs> VHS. And I sent that to, to Clive Barker because I had a kind of a working relationship with him a little because we worked on that movie, Lord of Illusions, and we were going to do a my bot me and my boss were going to do like toys with him but that fell through but i sent him the videotape of my digital stuff and i was trying to get work out of him saying hey do you have any work visual effects work i could do and he said no but i saw your demo reel and i think you should get into fine art because you have a vision and i was like whoa i didn't even consider that and uh and that's what that was like one of the first things that got me into fine art so it's like the digital stuff actually led me into painting and fine art, which is totally yeah. weird that I'm coming back to that again. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's going to go full circle. Yeah. And it just never occurred to me that, you know, uh, uh, that, that, that di- digital, digital was the doorway to painting and fine art for me, which is totally and weird. <laughs> it, is, it is a trip. 
like there was like yeah some exciting about the digital stuff in the early 2000s but to be honest like the fine art stuff was more lucrative like as an individual right yeah 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 unless you're like doing you know doing effect stuff for movies you know that was the only way to make any money yeah yeah exactly and um yeah it, it's fascinating how like kind of life unfolds and leads you in places you didn't really expect and totally um, man <laughs> and I, I think like the nft space is so welcoming to the the old and new right and the convergence of it and combining like your animated oil paintings with is, is super cool like i haven't i haven't seen enough of that stuff in this space so. oh cool yeah yeah that's one thing that um that I uh, noticed right away is how cool everybody was. I didn't get any shit from anybody. Everyone was super yeah. cool to me. No one was giving me a hard time. I felt like, oh, I mean, I'm in someone else's space, so I got to be really respectful, which is true. But, but no one else was acting like that to me. They were all like, oh, that's so cool, you're doing this and offering help. You know, people that didn't even know my work or anything were offering me help just because I was in Twitter Spaces asking questions and stuff. You know. And that's what's great it's like it feels like the art side of it hasn't changed since like last year and like the great things about it is is even back yeah when i started these people were very like kind of warm welcoming in this space right. so i think there's just i think because of being a collector and being an artist that stuff dates way centuries back and I, I think that's just like so human nature. That's just not going to go anywhere. And I think that's a really, I think that's one of the best parts of like the NFT space is, is, is being an artist and being to connect with your collector base. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you, you experience in the fine art world. So it's very, I'd imagine whatever the NFT space is doing is reflecting on what it was like with like a collector. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so. it's so similar. It's like the regular traditional fine art world, but moving, you know, a million times faster. Yeah, and doing yeah. like yeah, with crypto and like, <laughs> that, the craziness so of it. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you why. what are your uh what are your future plans now? You're in this position to where you're sort of, you know, you got you, you're you had a major change really. I mean, are you still doing visual effects on the side or, or gigs on the side, or cause you know, you could just do NFTs now and not have to do anything else. It seems like, but true. Are, are you, are you still doing it? Are you still doing that stuff? Do you have any like future plans or, or what's, what's the future hold for you? Yeah. Um, like in January, I had like a nifty gateway drop, which did like super well. Oh, but cool. Earlier that that year uh earlier that month i was actually still working with a visual effects company and working on a tv show and um still enjoying like the vfx part of it but i've definitely taken like put that like kind of on the back burner mm -hmm. and you know it's one of those things like if they reach out to me and i have kind of a downtime and i'm not doing anything creatively and nft stuff i, I would totally love to like continue working you know with these companies yeah kind of, like build relationships with and even like like eddie with like the clients and the, the different directors i've worked mm -hmm. with like if the timing's right but yeah it's like i feel pretty fortunate enough to in the space where i feel comfortable to be able to just kind of focus on my art 
and kind of like leave it at that and um, kind of see where it goes. And uh, it's kind of last year was maybe more like 20% client work and the remainder 80% being NFTs. And now it feels maybe pushing more towards like 90% NFTs, possibly 100% NFT work and, and digital artwork and, you know, doing these things with collectors in the space. So wow. um, sounds yeah. great. It sounds like you're, you're doing, you're in a great position. Yeah, no, I'm, I feel, I'm always like very, feel lucky and fortunate, just kind of right time and place. And just, yeah. we all work our asses off. I think people definitely deserve the recognition they deserve. So that's why like, I'm super excited about you being on super rare. I think, um, I think people are going to love it. So. I hope so, man. I'm nervous yeah. about it. I'm nervous. Yeah. I've been like, especially know, with the, feeling... the, the, <laughs> the, the war <laughs> thing, you know, the, yeah. the Russia thing. It's like, but, but aside from that, I've still, it's been like, you know, you want it to make it's super rare. It's like one of the top yeah. platforms for selling and it's where the whales are and where all the people with the most money are from what I've heard. And, and so you want to make it count. Yeah. And so, but, but I I started getting very like too cautious and it was really screwing me up. Like I'm thinking, Oh, I got to make sure I do it at the right time and, you know, and make it count and blah, blah, which I, I'm going to try to, but I can't get hung up on that. That's not, that's not the way, the best way to approach it. You just got to like do what you think is cool. Or, I mean, this is how I've approached my whole career. It's like, do what I think is cool and release it when I feel like it's the right time and just let it up, let it go and see what happens, you know? Yeah. It just fall to your gut. And like, yeah, it's yeah. Like there's times that like, I was surprised like with these sales, like there's times where it's like, Oh, like last June, May or June, like, ah, oh, wow. Like NFTs like really took a dip. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'll just start doing more client work. I oh, guess. really? Yeah, start questioning yourself. Yeah. And, and then like things were starting to slowly pick back up. And like, fuck, I, I didn't imagine that to happen. So it's just kind of like it was so unplanned. And like I said, like going back is so organic. And you just like throw it out there and see what, what happens. And like like I, I, I put up stuff even recently on super air that, you know, just been sitting there for like a couple months, a few months and like, just like being okay. Like with that is good. Cause it's, it's a bit of a quiet time. So right. you just see where it goes. And, um, yeah, I, I agree. Not to like kind of sit, and not wait. to over, not to overthink it really. Yeah, I don't think overthinking it's at least it, I was feeling like it was it was taking all the fun out of it for me. Yeah, it's like, exactly. You know, if I don't sell it for some huge price, it doesn't matter. It was super fun. I enjoyed doing it. And maybe something else will down the line sell for a really good price. And, and, that's, and I'm just going to keep making cool shit and putting it up. And and to be honest, like that, that's happened. Like even my like my first piece is like. I mean, for several pieces, not that much. And then it just kind of grew and grew. Oh, and okay. it, it'll, it'll like, it'll dip. Right. And like, you know, you want to be able to kind of respect your collectors, but like, I mean, it's okay. You know, like 
it's okay to like kind of try and like to fail or at least do it and not do it and just have fun and i think that that kind of reflects on the art it's just like you rather just try and make the art than not you know yeah yeah i just i i want to i want to keep it as as fun as possible for as long as possible and you know just don't want to get too caught up in the noise yeah all the noise exactly but yeah just have fun that's kind of like where it kind of really goes back to and yeah that's where the you know the best art will come from is having fun that's how that's how i always have approached my painting it's how i approached it when i was a kid that's why we all started yeah and i i like i've uh do you know the artist coldy c-o-l-d-i-e coldy uh he's one of the og kind of like super rare artists uh c-o-l-d-i-e super rare okay and um he made a comment like a few months ago that he put up a piece on super rare over a year ago and it did not like sell for a whole year wow and then it finally sold for the price that he was looking for and to him it's just like he made a comment of like sometimes it takes that long right right and it's so easy to get caught up in like you put it out and boom a sale you know? yeah 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 and then you and then you think yeah it's you know again this is like art sales this is like traditional yeah. art sales so you're familiar you, yeah <laughs> you can't expect it to, to sell right away for, or yeah. for whatever it's like it might it may not it'll eventually probably sell over time uh, there's no there's no sure thing you know um exactly so yeah that's that's good to know that's good to know mm-hmm. I guess that, you know, the fear for new artists in the space is like, oh, if I put it up and it doesn't sell, then I'm ruined and everyone thinks I suck and people aren't going to buy it. But I don't think that's true. Yeah. You know, and that even know? goes for like artists that have been in the space for for a year or two where it's like right there and like, fuck, it didn't sell. Like, ah, damn it. <laughs> that 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 critical self-doubt. Yeah. Like oh, it's over. I failed. I'm- it's never. Gonna- yeah. It's like- <laughs> <laughs> imposter syndrome. Yeah. 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 It's, it's real. It's just like, so human nature. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, honestly, we all don't know where the space is going to go, but I feel like there's some sort of creative spirit that's, you know, going through all these growing pains. And I think, um, people are realizing going back to just quality, quality artwork and that people love, uh, collect what you love right i I hear uh, like some collectors saying you rather have a good collector than a bad collector in ways too yeah that's in it for the right reasons kind of yeah yeah and grow that relationship so yeah yeah it's it's quantity uh quality and not quantity and it's like nft like art it's only been really around for not even a year so it's just like it feels so what do, what do you mean not even when when did I mean, it start i mean i did i guess like nft did start like in 2017 That's and then what... with the collectibles and then 2018 you started introducing the art oh the, then, so like the one of ones you're talking yeah i think super rare started in early 2018 wow then, yeah that's still nothing it's no time yeah and then people didn't really start recognizing the super rare name until late 2020 Mm. 
so it's just like fuck dude like you said like one year feels like 10 years <laughs> I know, it's, yeah. that's such a weird aspect of it too yeah of, of the nft thing it really everyone was telling me that when i got in time is faster in nft world and i was like what how is that and, possible and it's so true man it's so weird it is like and an alternate honest, reality it's like we're gonna experience dips in the space but the next time it goes back up is going to be more than what we just right. experienced so yeah yeah it's like you know it's like crypto does the same thing you know yeah. it has that retracement and then it goes back higher than it was because like what i was like bitcoin hearing, spe specifically yeah because when you you zoom in on these cryptocurrencies and even the nft space you just see it go up and down up and down up and down like you know what is it one and ones now is it pfp right right but when you zoom out there's actual like an upward trend yeah yep. overall yeah yeah exactly exactly when in doubt yes. zoom out they say yeah there, there it is <laughs> yeah not to talk too much about nfts but... <laughs> <laughs> you know hey you're an nft artist i'm in the nfts it's just you got to talk about it. i don't know um i'm excited about it i just it's it's an ex, it's just an extension of the art world yeah you know exactly. it's really the same thing so you know if if you're not into nfts you can still listen to the conversation and it, i think it all generally applies to the traditional art world as well most of the stuff yeah it's, um i don't know it's i'm still stoked on it i'm still yeah. excited i'm just waiting for things to calm down so i can get cracking in the meantime i'm just you know working on new stuff as i can hey know. it's it's better than nothing it's definitely something yeah <laughs> it's true it's better than nothing yeah. <laughs> nfts it's better than nothing yeah. <laughs> i think yeah the, the world just does not make sense like you're gonna yeah. right. people are gonna like sit and complain and say like i don't get nfts and like well zoom out and look at the rest of the world yeah it's a lot true. of this stuff doesn't make sense yeah we live in a totally crazy insane unpredictable chaotic world and so it's sort of why not <laughs> yeah yeah exactly what have you got to lose at this point that's one kind of good thing about everything falling apart is like at least there's nothing to hold on to anymore there's nothing you can really count on anymore there's not like that job with the retirement and the gold watch at the end. And if you play, if you play by the rules, you'll be taken care of when you're old. Yeah. It's not like that anymore. Everything is total chaos. So, but there's like a freedom there. Cause it's like, why yeah. not take chances and do what you want? It's never been a better time to just like be bucket. I'm going to do what I love. Yeah. You know I, what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I think that's what people are very attracted to is that a freedom element to it. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah. It's yeah, it goes back to just stopping doing the client work because the client work was so creatively sucking and get, get in touch with yourself and your art and your creative self and people will connect with that. And it's, yeah, it speaks louder to make a piece of artwork that people can connect with, not only connect, but also collect mm -hmm. as opposed to just, you know, like being a cog in the wheel. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
Well, shit, we're almost at two hours, so I have to, I'm not going to keep you. So it's got your your room has gotten darker as we've spoken. I don't want to keep you on here all night. <laughs> it's like it's still daytime for me, but you, you've gone into night. But man, it was so great talking to you. I really appreciate you coming on. I I, I want to have you on again sometime if you're up for it, because it's like there's a lot, a lot of stuff that I could I seriously I keep going another couple hours easy uh, easy with all the questions oh, yeah, I have so sure. so I'd love to have you on again sometime. That'd be awesome. Cool. Totally. totally yeah. For it. Yeah. Thanks again for coming on. And uh, so for people to I'll put it in the body of the the text of the the video and recording and stuff. But where where do people go to to see you to see your uh, stuff? I mean, as you mentioned, yeah, Twitter, Twitter, Xulo. Just- is the, the place to go, especially the NFT. But if you just want to check out my art and see what my art's about, it's also Instagram at Xulo. And then um, you can check out my website at xulo.com. X-S-U-L-L-O, people. Yep. That's cool. The place. All right. Oh, well, well, don't hang up um, mm-hmm. when we stop, but uh, you have to say goodbye to the audience because it's a stupid uh, thing I started doing and I can't stop so just say goodbye audience in in whatever way you want i appreciate everyone listening to this place hope we didn't like bore you with talking about nfts <laughs> like we genuinely care about the art here and that's what it's all about but we do love our collectors so shout <laughs> out to, to the collectors <laughs> <laughs> all right goodbye everybody thanks for listening